Welcome back. On today's episode, we have a great uh, speaker today on. Her name is Elizabeth Elliott, and she owns Himmel's Landscape and Garden Center in Pasadena, Maryland. This woman is a fireball. She is a rock star, literally. You'll find that out in the uh, episode as well. Uh, she's been running this this company here for a few years, and she's now up to like 37 employees, and she is just a powerhouse of a woman, and she's out there changing the world. And she's so, so focused and mission-driven uh, we talk a lot about, you know, what it takes to empower a team and uh, how to scale a business. And we also talk a bit about the fact that she doesn't love numbers and she doesn't love the, you know, the, the financial side of the business as far as, you know, counting beans. And she just loves to be passionate and focused and mission-based in her business. And that has gotten her so far in a very short amount of time. So um, tune into this episode. You're going to find a lot of great value. And she's just such an amazing person to listen to. So I'll uh, see you on the other side. Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Yes Express, where we teach you how to get more yeses with less stress. So today, uh, we have the owner of Himmel's Landscape and Garden Center in Pasadena, Maryland, uh, Elizabeth Elliott on with us today. And I'm very excited to hear some of her perspective and stories. She's a very unique story about uh, getting into this industry and coming back around into it again. And I'm super excited to unlock a lot of her uh, amazing content that she has. So uh, Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to have you on. It's going to be it's going to be a fun talk. I'm excited. So I want to start right out by I know that we talked a little before we hit go and, you know, you, you definitely know a lot about scaling and uh, team empowerment. So I have to start by what was some of the one of the worst employee experiences you ever had in owner, you know, being an owner of a business? Oh, I've had several, but um, one that really taught me a lesson was that kind of quiet um, employee that was kind of sabotaging things behind the scenes. And it took me a while to realize it and it taught me a big lesson. But I had this wonderful employee who I was really pushing into leadership. She had great customer service skills and she knew how to make the the, the garden center, you know, it's a retail garden center with a full service landscaping division, but she just mm -hmm. knew how to make the place look amazing. And so I was pushing her and pushing her and pushing her into leadership. And she would say, yes, I love the idea of being a staff manager. And okay, that sounds great. I love the idea of being a general manager. Let's, let's see how this works. And we were growing so quickly. Um, things were happening so fast, but behind the scenes, you know, most basic things were being missed. Um, money was going missing. Mail mm. wasn't being picked wow. up. Um, you know, a lot of major uh, things were just completely being missed. And and come to find out this, this key employee who I was pushing so hard to be my, my right hand and just trying to give her the keys to the kingdom, didn't want it. She did not want all wow. of that stress wow. and responsibility. And to me, 
I was like, who doesn't want to be a leader? You know, everybody wants to be the boss. Everybody wants to be in charge. And that is just not the case. And so I learned a hard lesson that way. And um, I, I eventually demoted her. Um, it was a hard conversation and hard for both of us, but I had to demote her and cut her pay back to kind of just a senior garden center associate position. And it worked out for a few more years and then she moved away. But gosh, that was just... Uh, tough for me to understand that um, not everybody is like me and not everybody wants to be out there, you know, running things. It's a hard thing to to swallow, right? As an owner, you're thinking like, man, why wouldn't everybody want the keys to the kingdom, right? This is such an amazing thing that we get to do. And, and you know, there's a lot of responsibility, but look how many in you know lives you're impacting and how many people's properties are looking better because of what they're purchasing and doing. And yeah. So, I mean, how did you manage through, especially with, you know, missing money and things like that? How did you manage through that emotionally and physically as well? So it was a lot of communication. We, um, mm. we had to really change the way we were, um, day-to-day communicating with one another so that I could identify all the missing links and pull more staff in. You know, I learned that there were staff mm. members I had who were kind of hidden gems and I wasn't recognizing their talents and the things that they were seeing. So, some communication, some shifting around. Um, and you know, those first couple of years I was there seven days a week and I was running the, the loader in the back and I was talking to customers out front and I was ordering everything, pricing, everything, inventorying, scheduling landscape jobs, supervising landscape jobs. Um, it was really intense and it, it kind of happened in the perfect time because I was at a point where I was burnt out just a few years into it, but I had taken on so much um, running the retail because I had very specific growth goals in mind and we are a mission focused business. So the mission of helping our neighbors build a better, healthier and more beautiful world was really at the forefront of the retail side. And um, we just did so much so quickly to become that community hub and mission-focused retail garden center. At the same time, this, this landscaping design, you know, design and installation firm, full service firm was growing so quickly because customers loved our good vibe. So, you know, we have all this growth and this great vibe and energy from the community, but I was losing steam quickly. So um, and putting a lot of pressure on my employees to do more and, and try harder and work more, um, I realized I needed to just step back and understand what my staffing model was and how I needed to fix it. it I had to fix something that was just really broken. Um, you know, all the pieces were there and all the good stuff was there, but I had to identify real leaders and um, bring some people in who could help me. And... I'm glad to say today that things have turned around in ways that I couldn't have imagined two years ago. It's amazing. That's amazing. We definitely want to dive deeper into that. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about your story, how you ended up, uh, you know, owning a garden center and landscaping and all that kind of stuff. So walk us from the beginning up to where we are now. I love to share my story because it is the, the ultimate full circle story. I started in this industry, um, gosh, right, you know, right out of high school, really. I was a young woman about, it's about 20 years ago, a little more now. And I loved working outdoors. I loved plants. So I thought, let me check out this place. It's down the street from where I grew up. So it's my hometown. And I quickly developed a, um, a knack for 
knowing all of the plant material, but putting together a landscape design. And I thought, you know, a lot mm. of these guys come in here, they don't know these plants. They don't really know what works in the sun or the shade or the life cycle of these plants, but I do. And I connected with customers and I, I, I really just fell in love with, you know, putting a design together and, and, and pleasing the customers, delighting the customers. So I left Himmels and started my own small landscaping company called Sunnyscapes. So my first job, my first real job at Himmels, a couple of years, developed some skills, great mentorship from the owner, by the way, who, um, you know, every step of the way, even when I told him I was going to leave and start my own company, he taught me how to, to put an estimate together. He taught me how to sketch design. It was amazing so because, yeah. you know, here's this man who built the business up, you know, starting in 1979 for over decades, he has worked and worked and put this thing together. And to be so generous with his knowledge was really a gift to me. And, um, he kind of just mentored me. And then when I started and I started like having real customers, he, gave me all the discounts. Like I was a big shot landscaper and, and really helped my confidence <laughs> grow. And before you know it, I had more customers than I could manage. And, um, you know, I was young and inexperienced and I, I decided, um, after a couple of years of that, that I needed, I needed a break. I needed more experience. So I left the industry. I worked in higher education for 10 years, um, developed a great skill set. you know, working with, with students and, and kind of counseling and um, partnership work. And then I moved from that to nonprofit work. I was a fundraiser in nonprofits. And that was great. That really built my confidence with sales because it's a challenge to go cold, cold calling and ask um, a donor for millions of dollars mm. for a cause that they might not have any connection with. So it's creating connections you know, justifying why this was important and then asking for, a, you know, a lot of money. It's kind of what we do now when we're selling a big job. So that was mm -hmm. great experience. Wow. And I got to travel all over the world, but I always stayed in touch with Steve. Um, I just loved the guy and we were friends and I told him, you know, Steve, I would love to buy Himmels one day. That is my dream. And sure enough, in 2017, I was actually in South Korea at an event with a nonprofit I worked for. And my phone rang and it was Steve. And my heart just jumped out of my chest because I knew he was going to ask me to buy the business. <laughs> and I was at that moment so excited and so scared at the same time. But um, it's like my path just opened up before me. So it took about a year to secure the loan and to negotiate the contract. But August 1st, 2018, I became the owner, 100% fully operated, woman-owned business Um Changed it from Himmel's Farm and Garden Center to Himmel's Landscape and Garden Center. And um, since then, we have, I mean, we've made so many changes and improvements and our growth has been tremendous. I love that story. I love that you said full circle and that was full circle right back, right? Right where you started, you can right back to, and then you, you're like, one day I will have the keys to the kingdom and you do now. So congratulations. That's freaking Thank awesome. Thank you. It feels I love good. That. I love that mm -hmm. for sure. So let's get back to that. Uh, you know, scaling your business now, you're coming into it out of the nonprofit world. You're, you've now learned how to have, you know, communicate with people, ask for money, right? So yeah. get into that yeah. side of things. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about how you scaled the, the garden center into the, you know, to the landscaping side and also how you empower your team to do so. I know we touched on that earlier. Take us deeper, please. Sure. I started with, and I think everyone should have a business plan because 
that takes all of the thoughts and ideas and energy and, um, you know, all those, those ingredients and it, and it puts it down in a place where you can refer back to it and you can change it over time. It's a living document, but that business plan is critical, I think. And that's where I identified, I identified exactly how I wanted to grow. So first I wanted to take that retail garden center and make sure that the customers who were always there for the past, you know, several decades were going to come back to me. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a new owner. It's, it's, um, change can be hard for some people, but it was important that I, um, keep that, that tradition and also inject new energy. So that's what, you know, in those first couple employees I had, I, I, I inherited three employees. I kept three people with me and the others moved on today. We have 37 employees, by the way. Oh, wow. Sweet. Yeah. Yes. But, um, but you know, it's, um, it's having, having goals of how I wanted the place to look and how the plants had to be. And most important, what I wanted the vibe to be, because you can have the most beautiful plant material and the neatest garden center in the world. But if that, if that customer service, that, if that good vibe isn't there, then, um, the customers aren't coming back. So we established that right away. And, you know, I learned in the nonprofit world that working at a place that had, um, some greater purpose was important to me. And I felt like, and over the years, as I've, as I've talked to my employees and interviewed my employees, I've learned that most people really want to be a part of something. Um, greater than themselves, mm-hmm. whether whether it's giving back to the community or um, teaching something or sharing something that they have, most people really thrive in that environment. So, having having all of my employees really buy into that mission statement, helping our neighbors build a better, healthier, and more beautiful world, um, that was really important and has been critical to the business to that to that vibe. Because some employees really love the the whole idea of the Chesapeake Bay, you know, watershed and planting native plants. So they are then empowered to be passionate about that, to share that knowledge with with our customers. Um, Or we, you know, with our landscaping, we want our customers to just be delighted and, and, and have it to be perfect every time. So my designers and my supervisors and crew members are empowered to, um, you know, to talk with the customer, to share their ideas on how things could be better, to, to let us know when a detail um, could be different so that the overall picture is better. You know, everyone has a voice. So we may not all have the same power needs and we may not all want to be the boss, but Everyone has a voice and it's important as the leader of the organization to, to be open to hearing those voices. And, um, some are quiet, some make themselves known in different ways than others, but they're all equally important and contribute to the greater whole business. I love that. Yeah. It's again, it's just about, you know, the communication. It all comes Mm -hmm. down to communication, right? No, it sure does. That's like the number one part of anything is the communication side of things. And, you know, as long as you keep it as a big, open, vulnerable conversation, then all of a sudden things happen, right? Especially when you're mission driven. That's right. And, you know, you, you mentioned the scalability. I think, you know, there are a lot of mistakes that are made on the, on the path to greatness. And it is really important for that person who's in charge, for that person at the top, for me to be accountable. And I tell my staff, you know, 
just tell me when something goes wrong. It's my responsibility to fix it. But you can you can feel free to talk to me and let me know, you know, hey, we really messed up on this job and um, we underestimated the amount of material, for example. You know, we lost we lost money. Um, Ultimately, I'm responsible for that to the customer. And and as long as my employees know I've got their back, that has also helped a lot with um, with our growth and with attracting and retaining really wonderful and uh, talented employees. You know, I'm, I'm in a position, I'm very lucky, knock on wood, that I have a list of, of employees or potential employees who want to work at Himmels because their friends work there and their friends are happy. And, you know, we have people really technically on a waiting list. Well, maybe next year when we grow a little bit more, you can join us. Um, it's a very fortunate position to be in. And I think a lot of that is because we own up to our, you know, as leaders, we, I, I own up and my staff, my managers, we own up to our mistakes and we, um, hold people accountable for theirs. And it's just all around a nice trusting environment. That's amazing. So, um, Elizabeth question for you, you mentioned in uh, your nonprofit life where you were working, traveling the world, which sounds amazing by the way, um, and traveling all around that you learned a lot about sales in order to be able to get people to donate monies and things like that toward the cause. So what lessons did you learn back in those days that helped you grow? I mean, you have 37 employees, you're kicking ass by every, every means, right? So did you learn things in those days that help you now that help you close better deals? Oh my gosh. So first of all, the, the organization that I worked for, which I'm not naming because I love them dearly, but they were, <laughs> they were connected to a cult Okay. back in like the sixties and seventies. <laughs> and I did not know that yeah. until like a year into it, because I was like, mm-hmm. who are these people? So it took me about a year to figure out who they were. And look, I mean, they're doing amazing work all over the world, but I kept getting the door slammed in my face left and right because these organizations did not want to be associated with this former cult. So, um, you know, I I finally had to to be like, guys, you are who you are. Stop hiding behind this legacy issue that you keep calling it and just be you. This is the, the era of Donald Trump. You know, who could have more of a you know, crazy backstory and be the president of the United States than Donald Trump. So come on, own who you are. Let's just own it and, um, and, and just come out as strong, the strong personalities, the strong, confident people we are. So, you know, having extreme confidence, even in circumstances that were against me, um, that was something that I learned. I had to develop that. And, I've been able to kind of keep that. So it's, it's, it's fun to, to have developed that trait of, you know, just having the extreme confidence, no matter who the client is and, you know, where, where my cent, my garden center is located is we have some really high end clientele. And I got to tell you, some jobs have been very scary for me because I don't come from a, a background of, you know, and any engineering or any landscape design, everything that I know I learned from Steve or I learned, you know, on the, you know, just on the fly. So I've been intimidated plenty, but, um, you know, just having that, that confidence to, to, to go for it. And then having the team 
with the expertise to back me up. So I've been able to hire great people to back me up when I needed to. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would get these really cool publications when I worked at these nonprofits about, you know, how to fundraise and how to um, ask for more money. And and one struck struck with, you know, struck me in particular, and I have it hanging on my office. I've had it hanging, you know, on my office door for the past 10 years of work. And it says, always ask for more. And anytime a young person comes into my office and interviews with me and I ask them, well, what are you thinking for your compensation? And they say, oh, I don't know. I point to that and I say, you see that? If you don't know what you're worth and if you don't know how to ask for something, someone else will make that decision for you. So always ask for more. And that's the approach that we take, especially in this economy. You know, it's... um. It's been a little scary because I don't think any of us knows what's happening um, with, 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 with inflation and the way things have changed. So, you know, yes, people have lost jobs. Yes, um, you know, freight is triple what it was last year. Yes, all of these things. And yet customers are ringing my phone. So I'm going to ask them for double what I asked last year if I can't get more than that, you know? Mm. You just got to ask more and, <laughs> and check, every, yeah. check every area, you know, you, you, you want to have a fuel surcharge, double it. You know, you have a dumpster free, all your incidentals, every little line item that you can think of, find more. You've got to find more ways to ask for more. And um, that way you're covering yourself. And that's what for I For sure, learned. especially in these times. Yeah, especially in these times. Yeah. And you just got to be blatant. I won't say what Steve told me. It's a little um, <laughs> awful, but he, he said you got to take advantage of them, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah well, it's about so. knowing your worth, right? It's about knowing the value you're bringing to the table. It's about knowing all of those things. And it sounds like during those times and the, the nonprofit, you had to build those muscles. And so after now that you're running a business and you have teams and all that stuff, how do you keep those muscles strong? How do you keep that confidence up? How do you keep the team's confidence up as a leader? Oh, that's a great question. We, um, we've definitely had a lot of failures along the way. And I'm actually going to point to a failure before I tell you how, how we build our confidence. You know, we had a customer who wanted this beautiful patio. She wanted a natural patio. And what she meant by that was different from what we thought she meant by that. So we installed this incredible flagstone patio natural, you know, they had like three inch joints, three to four inch joints. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, I'm, I mean, it was stunning. The material was special cut for us from a local quarry. The color was unbelievable and she hated it. And, wow. um, it all came down to, to owning up to our lack of communication. We didn't hear what the customer was telling us. She wanted a natural patio, but um, we didn't really dig into what she meant by that. We just took that and ran with it, what we wanted to do. So I think a way that we have, you know, something we learned from that and that has helped us to be very successful now in these bigger jobs and as as our clientele is really changing um, is is to create systems that allow us to be more successful. Um, you know, we took that 
that circumstance, and we, we developed a consultation template that lists all the questions we should be asking and forces us to listen to what the customer is telling us. Because even a customer who says, well, I don't really know, I don't really have any ideas, I don't really know what plants I like, even that customer has something in mind. And it's a matter of teasing mm -hmm. out what they have in mind and making their vision come to fruition. Not, oh my gosh, this is great. I get to do whatever I feel like on this job. Um, you know, it's always about making that customer's dreams come true. And, and what we've done every step of the way is to tr try and develop systems that will um, put it on paper, um, help us improve our workflow, checks and balances, what, you know, do, do the walkthrough, call Miss Utility, do all the right things that it's so easy to just skip over because we want to get the job and move on to the next one, right? Yep. Don't oh, do yeah. it. Follow, you know, create a system that is foolproof and stick to it and, and empower the team to um, make decisions. You know, the, the, I have a fantastic landscaping manager who's taken what he calls my ball of yarn which is what he calls my brain. <laughs> he's taking this ball of yarn <laughs> and he's able to kind of make some um, sense out of it because everything lives in my head. And, and while I think that I'm communicating well to my employees or I think, you know, they understand me, I make way too many assumptions. So hiring people who aren't afraid to ask me what I really mean and, um, question authority or, or question one another has been wonderful. So it's, you know, again, it's about empower, 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 and communicate, communicate and create systems. And, 100%. um, yeah, I, I would, I would, I know I'm, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me on here because I, I've had so many, um, successes and so many failures that I love to share. And, um, I think the most exciting thing for me with employees and growth has been, realizing that, you know, I don't have to hire to a job description. I might put something out there on Indeed or on Facebook or, you know, however else I put the word out that I'm hiring someone. But I have two fantastic employees who came to me with, uh, in fact, my general manager. I had already hired for the season. I was done. And I was like, okay, my budget is tapped. And this woman said, hey, I heard you were hiring. My, you know, one of my friends works there and I'm not really looking for a job but I'd be interested in talking with you. And so I gave it a shot and I thought, you know, who knows? So I brought her in and within two weeks of hiring her because I had to have her, um, she has just relieved me of the burden of the retail garden center, which is what I had always dreamed of. You know, my goal was eventually that I didn't have to even focus on the retail garden center because my passion is the landscaping. And in a matter of mm -hmm. the, um, the four months that I've, since I've hired her, I haven't looked at an order form or a plant list or an availability list since then. So I didn't hire wow. her based on a job description or a need. I hired her based on her. 
And I think that's a, yeah. a very important um, thing that all owners out there should yep. There's should the be old open story to. that you can always, uh, you can train certain parts of a person. Personality is not one of them, right? If you don't have a, a strong work ethic or you're not a team player or you're not humble, hungry, or smart, like those things you can't train. They come with the package. But if you can get somebody like that and then train them the thing, like you're talking about, my goodness, mm-hmm. that is so powerful. I love that you found that right person. That's amazing. It's oh, awesome. Amazing. Mm-hmm. For sure. So um, now being a woman in business, right? Especially owning a landscaping company where, you know, most of them, let's be honest, are owned by men. Have you seen a lot of pushback, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, struggle or challenges, or are you like, I don't give a shit like that. I'm going to kill us. You're obviously killing it. So there's got to be something pushing you in there. So have you found much in the struggle category in that, uh, in that subject? I have had the best experience. I am surrounded by men who love to give me advice, who love to come to, you know, to my rescue and their mind, you know, with, with, with <laughs> advice and information. Yeah. And it's, and, you know, I have, I have made really good friends by, um, being open to, because people want to share their story, right. And people mm-hmm. want to, tell me all about how, you know, how they've done it and how they think I should do it. And I am open to that because these are people who are generous, generous enough to share something with me. And I am open to that. It's not, um, I don't see it as sexist or an insult in any way when, when a man comes in and, and tells me how he thinks something should be done because Mm -hmm. I'm kicking ass. You are. I am killing it. I mean, our numbers are incredible. We've grown and grown and grown. You know, I can jump up on the on the wheel loader and and load up a a pickup truck, and I can use the chainsaws, and I can do everything. Um, so I'm I, I I'm um, not offended in the least by all the men out there who want to share their knowledge with me because I think it's ultimately done in. Um, in friendship and in, in respect. So mm-hmm. I've had a great experience. And, um, you know, there were a couple instances the first year where there was some funny interactions, but, you know, you can't let that define anything other than it's true. just a moment in time. And, you know, it's just a thing that happened. And, you know, I love how you wired that meeting. It's just good vibes all around. Yeah, no, exactly. Pardon? And I love, I love how you you wire that, you know, that the, the men or even other business owners are giving you, you know, advice as opposed to trying to tell you what to do. There's because you can wire that two different ways. If people are saying, hey, you should do this. They're like, what? Well, yes. They're trying to tell me what to do. But you're like, no, they're trying to give me advice. This is amazing. Like, that's a mindset thing. How did how did you adopt that mindset and not be like, what was me? Like, obviously, you're killing it. So that's why. But and the confidence side certainly helps. But how does you know, how do you keep that role and how do you keep that open mindedness about you? I love that. I think it, um, I have a personality that is naturally optimistic and I really see the good in people. And I think it's just a natural, I'm gifted with that naturally. And I'm very fortunate because, um, I do think that people, even when they're, you know, I think a lot of times people, even when they're doing something that comes across really bad, a lot of times the intention is good. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, just taking that, I, I've developed really great friendships. Like I have one guy in particular who, who went from just being my top soil supplier 
to now he does firewood to now we joke around that he's my employee because he, you know, even though he's got his own successful business for today, even today I called and said, Hey, I got a, I got a problem. I need you to go grind a stump for me at a job site. He dropped everything and went and did that because we've developed such a great mutual respect for one another. And, you know, I've got several acres on my property that, you know, he's helped me completely redesign. You know, let's be honest. I don't have experience in this industry. Like he's had 20 years of, I don't have, Mm -hmm. um, I never knew how to run a tractor before who's taught me these things, the men in my life. So I can only be grateful for all the help that has come my way from so many people. And I am grateful. And there were days, really the first couple of years, sometimes I'd go home at night and I would cry because I would, I would ask myself, why are people so nice to me? Why are, why are these customers just coming here over and over again? You know, why are all these people giving me all this information and free advice? And it was really moving to me. And that's why I am that way. I love it. I love it. I mean, you're awesome. That's why, right? (laughs) That's obvious. I love it. I love it. So I want to switch gears here and ask you a question. What's something that scares you? The money scares me. In what way? Here's why. Everyone said, you need to take classes in financial management and you need to, you'd better understand how to read the uh, profit and loss statements. And I don't. Hmm. I just look at the bank account and I know that my bills are paid and my payroll is covered. And um, I keep telling myself one day I'll slow down enough that I'll really understand those things. And I really should. And I do know that. But it's overwhelming to me. Um, I'm good at the, you know, the muscle stuff, the, the, the people stuff. I'm good at that. But that is an area of weakness for me. And it really scares me. That time, I know the time's going to come when I'm going to have to sit down with a professional or just really dig deep and look at, you know, what's actually happening. Um, And I'm avoiding it. (laughs) So um, it's, but I know it's important. You know, I look at numbers. I look at years, you know, actually I'm kind of obsessed with looking at um, my daily reports compared to the the monthly reports and the year-to-date reports, you know, how we're doing this year compared to last year. I obsess over those things because that shows me all the growth. But, um, you know, the actual profit profitability and then understanding, well, where is the money um, retail versus landscaping? I haven't done the work to kind of make that clear yet. And that's okay. something that's, that's winter work, you know, for this year, mm-hmm. but that scares me a little bit. It's, it's just not you my, say that. it just doesn't come easy to me. Yeah. And, 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 but passion obviously does. So that, that makes up in, in spades for, for it, right. You, you sound so much like my wife, she's a chiropractor and, you know, she's been running her own practice for almost 20 years now and she loves it. She is as passionate mm-hmm. as you are about outdoor living and landscaping and plants and all that stuff. And, and, but when it comes to the number side of things, she doesn't know how to read a balance sheet. She can read a profit and loss sheet. All she does is she goes in and she just pours her heart into people. And the crazy part is yes. there's other chiropractors that ask her and her groups and her tribes. They're like, so, um, so how profitable are you? She's like, I don't know. Like we always have money. I always get paid. So it's, it's good. Like we always have. So at the end of the day, it's like, I focus on the patients. That's all I focus on. And the rest figures itself out. And I'm like, yes. I love that about you. I yes. love that you can be that pure with it. I love that. 
but somebody has to look at mm-hmm. the numbers too, because that can be dangerous. But she's like, I've been doing it 20 years yes. now. Like, what are you talking about? So I, I, I can feel that in you where you're like, look, it's mission and passion first. Everything else will figure itself out, especially with, you know, I'm worth more on the wall. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, cool. We'll figure mm-hmm. it out. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't recommend that for everyone. Um, because you asked me what scares me and, and I, I do recommend that, um, I'm fortunate that I am passionate. I'm fortunate that I can connect with people, mm-hmm. but I think that, that most people really should, <laughs> should know the numbers and understand that. Sure. <laughs> Don't yeah, follow sure. my lead. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's working for you. I get it. And, you know, to be quite honest with you, yes. I'm not a huge numbers person myself. I'm more passionate and mission driven mm-hmm. as well. So then I hired a CFO that watches over everything. We meet once a month. We do all our projections and our, our forecasts and all that kind of stuff. We see what's happening, what should happen, what we need to invest in, what we need to stop spending money on. So I have somebody that's all they do. So I can be released to do what I love to do and he can do his part. We meet mm-hmm. once a month to make sure I can direct the ship. So then I have my team invested in that as well. They come into the meeting, they see all the numbers, they see what's happening, right? So that they can make better decisions yes. based on stuff we're doing as, as a whole company, as a whole team moving forward. So um, yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely something about that to be the purity that comes from mission. As long as you can keep the numbers working, then it works great. That's right. And to the, to the point, you know, hiring the professionals and giving them the power to do their job is, yep. is critical. So, you know, my next step is to hire a financial professional. I have a great CPA and a great lawyer. Um, but I, I really need someone who can walk me through these things and, and, yeah. I'm in the, I'm kind of in the works of getting there. So that will be my next professional hire. And, um, I can definitely, I can recommend surrounded by, yeah, I can definitely recommend the the guy that I've been working with for a couple of years now. Uh, he's been on the podcast, uh, Greg Crabtree and his, uh, his firm. I work with Jack Prince over there and, you know, and he, yeah, his team is incredible and they, everything is simple. They go on to, you know, QuickBooks online, they download everything they need. And then every month I have charts of everything. Like I know exactly. And he takes me by the hand through every single piece of it. And it's, uh, he actually wrote the book, Simple Numbers. Uh, it's, a, it's a great way to make sure that you have, you know, figure out a way, a systemized way that you can be charging enough to make sure that you're getting at least a 10 to 15% return on your investment for your business, not your paycheck. You know how that works, right? Some people are like, oh, look, at the end of the year, everything that's left is mine. That's my paycheck. That's bullshit. So if you had to hire yourself to take care of your position, how much would that be? Let's just call it $100,000, whatever, if you had to hire somebody. So then that better be in the budget as well. And then at the end of that, after everything is paid, all the employees, including yourself as the person, as an employee, then you should have at least five to 15% return on that. So what do you need to be charging to make that happen? That's a minimum, right? So let's make sure we do that. So we went through with our business and did exactly that and said, okay, well, we can adjust up here, down there, and we're going to be good. And then we can forecast three, four, six, eight months out based on certain current flows. And I'm like, cool, everything's great. You know, and you don't have to worry about So this all is that. the real reason I'm on this podcast is to meet my next, my, my CFO. Yep. So thank you so much for that. hundred percent, hundred percent. That's, uh, that's, that's why we do this to make these connections. It and, is. um, I love to share this information and then learn, mm-hmm. you know, other people in the industry who can help me out. Um, 100%. because I want to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Just do your, you know? do, do you, you're killing it. 
Do you don't get muddled and say, oh, that's one of my. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got to I got to become yeah. the CFO now and I don't even want to do it. I hate numbers and and all that. And you're going to take the beauty you've created in your business and now try to, you know, in some way pollute it with you trying to do something that you were meant to do. Fire somebody like like Jack or like, right. you know, Greg over there. Let them do what they do. You sit down for uh, an hour a month, go through everything and they're going to be like, Woman, you're out of your mind. Like you're either killing it, making massive bank, or you think you are, but you're not, right? So let them do that stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's all about being open. It is. I'm going to tell you a real quick story about being open. Shoot. If that's okay. Please. Um, I love talking about the landscaping stuff, but I am originally a retail garden center. And my first year, uh, it was the winter of, you know, it's January 2019. And I'm by myself and... This van pulls up in front of my garden center and this man gets out and I walk out and greet him. He says, I need some shrubs. And I was like, okay, it's January. He said, I don't care. I want some shrubs and they're on sale. I said, I don't do sales, sir. That's just not how I do business. Well, show me anyway. And he's got a cane and you would think this man was living on the streets. He's disheveled. He's wearing pajama pants, flannel shirt, dirty hair. And I walked around with him for an hour and um, I said, hey, you know, why are you walking with this cane? What's your story? So he told me about his alcoholism and his divorce and his life story. And over the next couple of weeks, he came by several times to my garden center and bought a plant here and there. And uh, we became, you know, friends. One day he walks in, he says, here, take this. He was always shouting. It's like, I was like, what? It was an envelope full of cash. Hmm. He said, you need this money. You're not going to make it if you don't take my money. And you better just put this in the bank to hold you over for winter. Otherwise, you're not going to make it. It was $12,000. Holy crap. Okay. Yeah. And so I said, okay, Keith, I will take your money and we'll use it as an account for spring. Mm -hmm. And that year, he spent $28,000 at my business. But I want to tell you. He lived, he just died three weeks ago and he lived in a shed in his sister's backyard. Wow. Literally a shed that he built with his hands, hand dug septic. Um, he had nothing to his name. His money came from an overnight job where he would do security and the, the guy would pay him cash. He spent all his money on me that year. Wow. And um, the... The generosity of that person did help my business a lot that first year. Yeah. And I gained the most incredible friend um, who also taught me a lot about business, by the way. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, he taught me a lot and uh, he had a lot to share. So, and um, sadly, he just passed away a couple of weeks ago and I will miss him dearly. But, you know, be open to the people in your life who have something to give to you and you'd be surprised. Absolutely. By what you can, yep. you know, our mind tries to figure out like what this person or this mentor, or this coach is going to look like. And then to your perfect example, where a gentleman just shows up and is real nasty. You're like, no, just come under my wing. Let's go. I'm an optimist. Something will happen. Right. Next thing you know, he's handing you envelopes yeah. of cash. And that's, that's just such a beautiful <laughs> story. I mean, you get it. It's awesome. It's all about having a servant's heart. That's what beautiful. it's about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love that. That's exactly correct. Yep. Yep. You yeah. give. No you matter just, how big we get with our. Yep you know, our big business, our big money, it's having that servant's heart, I think is 
great gift. It's the key to it all, you know, because secret to giving or the secret to living is giving. And in this case, when you give mm -hmm. value first, you always get repaid. Maybe it's not right away. Maybe it's not even in the form of money, you know, and then you sit mm -hmm. back and you're like, thank you, God, for that. That was incredible. <laughs> like, how would you possibly ever have seen <laughs> that happen? And then, then a guy shows up with an envelope <laughs> full of cash and you're like, holy crap, what just <laughs> happened? Is this real? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. That's right. And I did need that, you know, so yeah. it was beautiful. But. Perfect. Things always happen exactly the way they're supposed to. Well, Elizabeth, I could talk to you for days about this. You're an incredible human being and I, I love your fire and vigor Thank and you. you're out there kicking ass and taking names and charging whatever the hell you want, just like you should. Mm -hmm. So uh, <laughs> if anybody wants to reach out to figure out how the hell you did it, uh, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Well, I have a um, beautiful website, himmelsgardencenter.com. And then by email, elizabeth at himmelsgardencenter.com. I love to talk to people about the business and um, to share my story. And I love to hear from others. So please reach out anytime. That's amazing, Elizabeth. Thank you. And uh, guys and gals out there listening, she's a rock star. If you need anything, I'm sure she'd be the first one to be able to help you. And she'd give you the shirt off your back. Can just I just like, interrupt you? Please. I, by the way, I am a literal rock star. I'm a lead singer in a rock band. No shit. Just to tell you, it's a fact. <laughs> that is so cool. That is so cool. What's the name of the band? Red Betty and the Ruckus. That's, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So a literal rock yes. star here on the show. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Elizabeth, uh, that oh, might be a whole so nother much. podcast. We might have to talk about that on another yeah. podcast, but I certainly appreciate you coming on and spending Absolutely. your time and uh, dropping the nuggets. Do you have anything you want to share with our guests before we wrap up here? I'm just appreciative and I would encourage everyone to just keep, keep an open mind and have that gratitude because that will carry you so far in your connections with your customers. And like you said, the more you give, the more it comes back to you. So That's right. I encourage that kind of positivity in your life. I love that. Elizabeth, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, and I hope to have you back on someday here as we keep moving through this uh, this thing we call life and to hear your success stories. I'm sure there'll be tons of them. So thank you again for coming on. And uh, everyone out there listening, you know, if you were moved by Elizabeth's story and you have the opportunity, you know, share it with a friend. There might be somebody that would really benefit from hearing this story. I know I certainly did. I enjoyed myself here. And uh, so again, share it out with people. It'd be great. Leave a review for us. It'd be amazing too. More people will find us and we can have more conversations, amazing conversations like this with Elizabeth and keep helping our industry grow and charge whatever the hell they want, right? That's that's exactly the goal. <laughs> and uh, to keep moving forward. So yeah. guys, thanks for the thanks for listening and uh, we'll catch you next week. <laughs>